our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50 plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hi, everyone. So I want to get right into the material today. The first part I'm going to talk about is overindulgence, and then a question that actually fits this topic perfectly. It's a scenario where parents are disagreeing about whether or not a morning ritual of snuggling and a bottle of milk is in their child's best interest developmentally. And it's actually a perfect scenario as an example to break down whether or not something may be overindulgent and lead to issues with independence or not. So it's a really perfect match for the subject of this episode. So I wanted to start out with talking about overindulgence, because I think number one, it's not always what we think it is. And number two, it often comes from a good place, a place with good intentions. And I think us parents right now may be feeling a bit guilty. I don't know if guilty is quite the right word, but there's a lot weighing on us. And I think we are concerned about our children's development and mental health for sure. I think it's likely knocking us off balance and we may be overindulging more than usual, or at minimum, tempted to do so. None of this is bad. Believe me, I'm right there with you. When I share these things, it's because I'm struggling with a lot of it myself. And so I know a lot of other parents must be dealing with a lot of the same feelings and scenarios themselves. So first, let's get into a little bit about overindulgence. Overindulgence is a lot more than just too many toys or too many sweets. It's giving too much, but it's also giving too soon and or for too long. So we might have a little indulgence here or there, but if we do it for too long, it becomes an overindulgence. So yes, it's giving too much that children are overwhelmed, be it toys that they don't play with or a closet full of clothes where they never get to wear most of them before they grow out of them. Now there was a study done by David Breedenhoff, PhD, Professor Emeritus at Concordia University. He and his colleagues found that overindulgence falls into three categories. Material overindulgence, which is giving too much stuff. Relational overindulgence, which is a parent who does too much for the child, which creates an overfunctioning parent, 
which leads to an underfunctioning child. And then third is structural overindulgence. Parents have very few rules and little follow through. This can manifest in things like no chores or too much freedom. Now, as I mentioned, overindulgence comes from good intentions because it comes from wanting kids to have the best, wanting kids to be as happy as possible. And I think parents who have particular family dynamics are more at risk for this. If the child is very sick early on or has a high level of special needs or another child in the family has special needs and gets a lot of attention, if a parent was sick, if there's a divorce, any number of these traumatic life experiences can lead parents to be prone to overindulgence. We feel guilty or like we need to make up for something. And I think this pandemic may be creating this scenario for a lot of families these days. We feel bad that our kids can't even go to school. They can't play outside with their friends like they used to. We can't go out to dinner. They can't go to the mall. They can't go to a theme park. All of these usual life activities that make life interesting have been stripped away. While we may not feel responsible for what's happening, we may feel responsible to our children to make up for it somehow. And so overindulgence may be sneaking in or has probably been sneaking in for a while in some cases. So how do we walk this line? It's not easy right now. For a lot of us, screen time is our big battle. And I don't mean with the kids necessarily, but I mean internally with ourselves, at least mentally. How much is too much? What's the big deal if I buy my kid a new gaming system? What else are they supposed to do right now? So what if I bought them that game that they really wanted and it wasn't for a birthday or a holiday? They're stuck at home and all their friends are playing it. I'm sure a lot of you have had these internal dialogues. We're at a different point and so we're trying to balance things like overindulgence in a different way than we have in the past. Now, I'll speak to this overindulgence and the pandemic in a few minutes. But before that, I want to cover some more foundation so that we all have a strong basic understanding of overindulgence and the ill effects so that I can then cover balancing this out and coming to some good decisions in terms about what boundaries we feel are appropriate, helpful in the long term, as well as making life livable in the meantime. When it comes to overindulgence, there are some negative effects. When we end up giving too much and or too soon, it is counterproductive to raising responsible, happy, successful kids. Research shows that overindulgence leads to self-centeredness, greed, unwillingness to be held accountable for actions. As in the case of relational overindulgence where the parent does too much, it leads to children who aren't capable. Psychologists' standpoint is that kids don't need parents who will make their kids happy. They need parents who will help their children become capable. So we need a shift from feeling like we need to keep kids entertained and happy to helping them become good citizens, good decision makers, and able to cope with life's ups and downs. So just a quick example of one area that this came into play in our family. Then I'll talk about that fine line that we're walking right now with this pandemic. And then I'm going to get to the question, which is a perfect example to break down and figure out if something is overindulgence or not. So what are both the long and short-term goals and what effect is this scenario having on those goals, if any? So in our house, and this is an example of where I did this really well and made solid considerations, but my kids do get overindulged sometimes as well. And I'll share more of that right after this when I talk about how we're handling all these scenarios with the pandemic. So my daughter started asking for horseback riding lessons when she was really little, probably five or six years old. Now, while a lot of stables will start kids as early as five or six, 
I told her that she needed to wait until she was 10. And I had a couple reasons for this. Number one was actually safety. I had done some research and that showed that 10 is the age when the spinal column is formed enough to handle a fall with some impact with a much smaller chance of any kind of long-term concerning neural damage. Number two, riding is a big responsibility. It's a live creature. I felt my daughter should truly understand and be capable of performing the tasks that go along with riding, such as safety, understanding safety, the education, the grooming, the tacking, the cleaning of the stalls. She should also respect the animal and have an appreciation for how to behave around horses, be able to listen and follow those directions well when she's told how to be around a horse, how to behave around a horse, how to keep herself under control if something flies around and freaks her out, that she can't be going silly and crazy around a horse. Lastly, riding is very expensive and children's cognitive abilities, their ability to listen and follow those directions and connect it with their physical abilities to understand what is being asked of them, then to make the movements, then to be strong enough, to have their body strong enough for the horse to respond to their body. That starting at seven or eight versus at 10, that within six months, the 10-year-old will be easily caught up with the child that started earlier. So that's just my example of something that my daughter wanted to do very young that I felt wasn't age appropriate yet for all of the responsibility that should be expected of her with that task. Okay, so now here we are. We're all going through this pandemic. How are we doing with this? What ways has it affected overindulgence? I think we're all just weary. We're trying to get through each day. So so our kids are spending far more time on screens than we would like or normally would allow. I know for myself and most other parents that I speak with that we are accepting and even welcoming of it because it's pretty much the only social outlet most of our kids have. So here's the line we're walking and where I think most of us can work from, if this is kind of our starting place to work from, is that refraining from overindulgence in the areas of giving experiences that are not age appropriate. So still saying no to the video game that is too old for our child. So my 11 year old came to me the other day and asked if he could play Call of Duty. That was a quick, absolutely not out of my mouth. Then he asked why. So we looked it up together. Now, I'm not one to stay 100% within guidelines. If I feel like there's solid reasons why it's a safe or appropriate content, I will do the research and look it up. So we looked it up together. And I actually use commonsensemedia.org. So for anyone who's wondering about a good resource to go to when you're wondering about games, books, movies, shows, that kind of thing. They do really in-depth reviews of all of those games, shows, movies, I think even books and their ratings. And then other parents and children actually also will give reviews as well. So as you can guess, the, the teenagers often say that things are perfectly fine for an 11-year-old when they're really not even a parent. They're still a child, so they're not able to make really well-informed decisions. But I really like the site for their solid information and for the reviews that come down from the um, child development specialists on that site. Now, the reviews that I saw on there just affirmed my no way decision, and I showed it to Carter. Now, of course, he didn't agree with me, but what 11-year-old is going to agree with a parent when they're told no? They think they're more mature. They think they can handle it. I just feel like the content was just not appropriate for an 11-year-old, that he really was going to fully understand um, that it was really fantasy, or I just really didn't want him exposed to it. It's just a lot of negative stuff. So I think this is one area where it's good to hold that line. Another area is the relational indulgence piece. Now I'm going to go more into this, remind everyone what that is. 
how to refrain from relational overindulgence, as well as get to the question about whether or not this family's morning ritual has any hint of overindulgence, and if they're therefore risking any effects in the long term, right after a word from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, By Heart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Our blend includes the most abundant protein found in breast milk, alpha-lac, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum, along with broken down, partially hydrolyzed proteins. By Heart is an easy-to-digest formula. In addition to its patented protein blend, our formula includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. By Heart is the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk, not skim. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with the code parenting for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now that we're back after the break, let's get back to talking about relational overindulgence. So this is the parent doing too much. So over-functioning parent leading to under-functioning child. So the pandemic, if anything, offers us this double-edged sword here. It does offer us a lot of opportunity to help our kids, guide our kids, work with our kids on becoming more independent. However, it also allows us a lot of opportunity to give our kids a lot of freedom with their time where they may not always make the best choices. Guilty of both of these. Well, the first one is the good thing. The second one, not so much. And I mean, our kids aren't out running amok, but... When we aren't setting boundaries and expectations daily and holding them to those, they're likely just choosing to play games or watch videos all day. Definitely guilty of this. My oldest son has always been so responsible about school that I just believed him when he said all his work was done. As it turned out, he had gotten very far behind in school. He wasn't shirking it on purpose. He really just wasn't understanding what all was expected of him and where to find all of his assignments. When we met with his teachers, we found out there was a whole slew of classwork he was missing. Whatever excuses I have, work, selling the house and buying a house, these days where I'm just struggling with my own emotional stuff for the 10,985th day in lockdown, I wasn't staying on top of it and I wasn't helping him stay accountable. And actually all of our kids had fallen quite far behind. Well, two of the three. The two we thought really were getting their work done when they said they were getting their work done we let them go. We just weren't checking in frequently enough. The third one we were on top of because we know this is a struggle of his. We were by far more on task with him than the other two. 
The other areas where I've slipped and have vowed to get more strict with this is reading. Each kid reading every day before any game time and me reading to them every day. Some other expectations I'm also getting more strict about are their rooms staying clean and are they getting daily showers? So I'm now creating a daily checklist for what needs to be complete before any gameplay can take place. Okay, checking the to-do list on their schoolwork, the missing tab for school. So they have two tabs. They have a to-do list and then a missing list. So the to-do list is what's due this week. Missing is what they've fallen behind on. So checking those every single day. They need to read 30 to 40 minutes every single day, make sure their room is clean, and they have had a shower before they are going to be allowed to get on gameplay. This is my new plan, and this is where we're going to be working on our overindulgence in this house. So making sure all responsibilities are taken care of before any playtime can occur and actually checking it rather than just asking about it because we know how that goes. Okay, so let's get to this question. Eric wrote in and he asked, Hello, Erin. My question for you is regarding my nearly four-year-old daughter. Every night at bedtime and every morning, we have given her a bottle of milk pretty much since she could drink cow's milk. The problem is that now, having been off work for several months due to COVID, she's gotten into the habit of asking her daddy, me, to bring her a bottle of milk and snuggle with her every morning, which at first I indulged in, as I was normally always off to work at 6 a.m. and never got to see my daughter in the mornings. The problem is that my wife is now trying to homeschool my daughter and I will be returning to work soon and she now refuses to get up unless daddy brings her a bottle of milk and snuggles with her. This upsets my wife who is adamant that I'm spoiling my daughter and she does not want me giving her a bottle of milk in the morning or snuggling anymore. She wants my daughter to get herself up and dressed and come down for breakfast on her own, which I agree is a good thing. However, my daughter will dig her heels in and lay in her bed and cry for her milk. Part of me feels it's a battle that will resolve itself, but I'm not a psychologist, and I do recognize the importance of building a child's sense of autonomy. But at the same time, I don't want her to feel overwhelmed or unloved if the help she seeks is simply her love language. I'm quite confused with how to proceed, and what the best way would be to break the milk bottle and snuggling habit. Thanks in advance for all your podcasts and videos. Cheers. Now this is a great question because I can easily see both sides of this struggle and the positives to both. I love, Eric, that you and your daughter are bonding in this way. This is very special and something positive to come of all of this. She will grow up and you and she will both fondly look back on these times as very special memories. However, the other side is, once you go back to work, there's no more opportunity for this. Then mom is left with a toddler melting down for her milk as mom is trying to get the day going. So before I get into my answer on how to best compromise on this, I want to frame this in reference to the overindulgence conversation. So mom and dad too, both want daughter to be self-sufficient and start taking responsibility for getting herself ready. This is a great goal, an important goal. But love and connection are also important. So the question is, to what degree, if any, is this morning ritual impeding her ability to do that, to get herself ready? In other words, after the bottle and snuggle time, does she get right up and get ready? Or is it then she wants someone staying around to help, to help her and keep milking that process? Now, no pun intended with that. If she's able to just hop up and then get ready, then it's not impeding this process at all. So for now, let's assume this is the case. Let's assume that after her snuggle time, she's getting right up, getting herself ready, getting downstairs. If that's not the case, then there's a, that's a whole other piece that you're going to have to work on. Okay, but even so, there's still two areas to be addressed. Number one is, what happens? How does this transition once dad is no longer available in the mornings? Two, 
My other concern is more that daughter seems to have control of the situation. Now, I'm not really sure to what degree, how far she digs in to if you just let it go and tell her you're not giving her the milk, how long does it take her to come around? But with the meltdown as the reaction, so now this is common at three and four. This is her routine. This is what she's used to. It's comforting to her, etc. But I think if mom and dad can work together, you can work on a way to meet all of these goals. Daughter working on being more self-sufficient, daughter still getting morning routine snuggles, and daughter not relying on that when it can't happen. So how do you do all of this? So first, mom and dad sitting down and talking about what the morning routine will need to look like when dad goes back to work. Also having a date and an idea of that date. So you may not know exactly dad's gonna go back to work on March 1st, but maybe you know dad's going back to work somewhere between January 15th and February 7th. You have kind of a date to line to play with. So knowing what that is will be helpful. Then you can work towards something that works better for everyone. So once dad is back to work, will snuggling on weekends still work? You wanna lay out exactly what this will look like. So then you're gonna to work towards that. So this might include something like dropping the milk bottle but keeping the snuggles for right now. Then having her get herself ready after snuggle time. Once you design your plan, you both sit down and share with your daughter. You wanna share the good news or a positive first. Like, I absolutely love our mornings together and we're doing what we can to keep that. But we also decided it's time for you to start working towards getting yourself ready in the mornings because dad's gonna be going back to work soon and we have a plan. Starting tomorrow, we will still have snuggle time, but it's time to get rid of the morning bottle. Or you can give her a one day warning. So tomorrow will be our last morning bottle. Then if you decide to do that, then the next day you're gonna remind her both during and after the bottle, remember this is our last morning bottle. Starting tomorrow, there will be no bottle, but there will still be cuddles. Then this will become the new routine. You can do a couple things, either or both. Shorten the snuggle time, or start talking about when you will go back to work, you will still be available for weekends, but not during the week. If you can still do one or two mornings a week, you could keep those, but start working on weaning down and off the mornings you won't be able to. So this will get her transition to a new morning routine for mornings dad won't be around. It'll make life easier for mom when that does happen, and you will still have that quality time during the days that you can still do it. You also need to get her used to the idea that there may be some mornings you can't do it. So that will happen obviously with the going back to work so that she's not having these meltdowns over not having her bottle or her snuggle time and getting her used to that idea that, you know, it's really nice when we get to have these things, but we can't always expect it. It's that expectation and the upset over it, which is where I see a little bit of overindulgence coming in. So I hope you found this really helpful. I hope this gives you a good plan for transition. For more on overindulgence, the class is out on the website. Also the class, Raising Responsible Kids, goes really nicely with this concept of how to support kids throughout childhood into having all the skills, both logistical and organization skills, as well as social emotional skills for dealing with life's ups and downs and disappointments. And these are all on the website at yourvillageonline.com, along with all the 60 classes on positive discipline, development and health, and education and modern parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.